Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I'm Megan Robinson, joined as always by Justin Southwell and Eve Batoba. Guys, another slow week in the OSU football world, which I guess, you know, again, is a good thing. Yeah. Hey, spring spring practice is off and running right now. I don't don't know about y'all. I don't think that's slow. I mean, I've seen some of the photos that have been leaking out of practice and that's exciting, right? We're getting some football action. I amend my statement. Slow is the, the fact that there is no breaking news from within the athletic department as far as coaching changes, players leaving, anything like that. But spring football is great news. So we'll go with that. Absolutely love it. I can't wait to hear some of the reports about how the quarterbacks are doing in particular. Right. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. I'm just paying close attention to the QBs. Yeah. Nice. I saw a lot of, uh, you know, New Jersey numbers. Um not New Jersey, okay? We're not talking about the state. But, you know, some of these guys changed up their, their jersey numbers. And uh, Mr. Bray, I thought we had a deal. We were going to be 85 brothers for life. But you decided to change to number five. Go in the Josh Stewart route. I don't blame you. But, hey, you know, you're going to look good in it either way. So Yeah, number five is, is hard to pass up. If number five is available, you take number five. Why? It's just one of the best looking numbers there is. First of all, single digit single numbers. Single digit. Everybody likes Sing, the single yeah. digit. Single digit numbers are dope, period. But number five is is one of the that's one of the ones. That's Reggie Bush, you know. It's there's a historical context of the numbers that you wear, you know, based on who wore it in the past, but also you you just don't pass up single digits. Why didn't you guys put single digits? Because the positions couldn't wear that. No, I, I mean I think both of our positions could have worn them. Um Yeah, we could have. Um all, all of them were taken, I think. Yeah, whenever I got there, there was only one that was that had opened up, and it was number six. And I remember Andrew McGee had it on defense, and Bryce Hood was the receiver that had it, and then he left. And so whenever we had the walk-ons come through, Patrick McDonald ended up with that number. So uh, I thought I was going to get six based on you know taking over that position, but got eighty-five. So I'll roll with it. Yeah, I was good with two five. You know, you get assigned your number, you're grateful. Did not get assigned a number, or you got assigned a number, you did not choose your number. Right. Yeah, Yeah, I think there's probably people that they get to choose if they're elite level, you know. Uh, it's like, hey, let me let me switch it up figure out how I can, you know, get this number or whatever once uh once somebody leaves or whatever the case is, but they didn't ask. They they just said, "Here's your number." <laughs> hey, I'm thankful. Yo, for you want to hear a crazy story? I remember this is random. This isn't even in, in in at OK State. This is while in the NFL. I remember we picked up a player in free agency. 
walks into the locker room, walked up to the player that had his jersey number, and he said, hey, $35,000 right here. Like, let's just not even – let's not even – like argue about it. I want your jersey. The guy was like, "All right, yep, I'll take it." Okay, so in when I was working on NFL Countdown at ESPN, I pitched a story about not that specific situation, but that general scenario and how NFL players will pay so much money oh, yeah. for this. And it was like one guy offered um, a car to the person and, and one guy offered like $50,000 for that number. And I could not get guys to agree to talk to me about it. They're like, no, 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 we're good. And I'm like, <laughs> you, you would pay $50,000 for a number. And then I interviewed Rock Riggio today, baseball player at OSU, and we were talking a little bit before the interview, and he was number seven. No, it was in the interview. He was number seven, and he was saying that, like, his dad was number seven, his grandpa was number seven. Like, seven is just very close, near and dear to heart. Yes. Well, I don't know how I feel about seven, but I guess lucky number seven. Seven's an elite football number. Well, yeah, especially if at LSU, but we're not talking – we're not talking – Football, we're talking rock ratio number seven. Right. And I asked him, I said, if slash when you get to the majors and whatever team you're on number seven is taken, how much would you pay for that jersey? And he said, I don't think I would take it that far. I think that I would find a new number and find meaning in that new number. Hmm. So it's very funny that you're bringing that up because I literally asked Rock that today. And he was nice. like, no, I wouldn't. I would not pay. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you don't even have a choice. Like if he goes to the Yankees, for example, it's like, you know, that's retired number, Mickey Mantle. You can't get it. So you yeah, gotta- it's like when Marcus Smart graduated from Oklahoma, left Oklahoma State, went to the Boston Celtics, had been wearing number 33. Yep. You get there, you're added, like, ah. added on him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Larry Bird. Larry, Larry Bird's number. Well, who was, Sorry, who was number uh, number 12 in Tampa Bay? Was that like Godwin or something? But whenever Brady yeah, went down, Godwin. yeah, he was just like, here. Yeah. Have at yeah. it. It's basically, yeah, I think the story was like, uh, I'll give you the number 12 if you promise that we'll win the Super Bowl. And, of course, he delivered on his promise because Tom Brady is the GOAT. But hey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people, it's just out of respect. You don't do it. But this guy that I'm talking about, you would all know who he is. Like, it was a highly touted free agent, went to the Dolphins, and everybody was like, all right, well, you know, everybody knows who he is, but, you know, he doesn't garner that much respect. So he still had to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like if Tom Brady wanted my jersey, I don't. I, I might. It's like if someone gets a home run ball, you know. If it's like you know someone's fifth five hundredth home run ball, how how can I capitalize on this? You know, a thousand percent. Yeah. I don't think I'd be that greedy to the point where I'd be like, I need fifty thousand dollars in season tickets. But I'd be like, yeah, I would like to personally deliver it to whoever hit the home run, and I would also like you know. Box seats to yeah, give me give me your yeah. best offer is what I'd say. And then just yeah. I do think about that for, the, for recruits that come into Oklahoma State. It's like if you're wearing number twenty one in high school as a running back, you know you're just not going to get twenty one when you come in. So you got to figure out another number that you've got to make special to you. Um, exactly. Yeah, you better go twenty or twenty two. Yeah, or twelve because it's flipped. Or Can 12. you wear twelve as running back? You know what? In college, you can do anything now. I've never seen I've never seen a running back wear uh, twelve or anything in the teens. To be honest, I've never even thought about Fair it. Point. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I feel like this is this is random, but I feel like Mike Robb had eleven one year. Mike Robb was twenty eight. Like, yeah, 
or he was 12 one year. It was 12 because Zach Robinson had 11. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, he switched to 28. He switched to 32 and then back to 28. I oh, I remember. Yeah. Kenyon Drake, Alabama, wore number 17. So never mind. Mm. Super random. That, that's Super just random. in my memory. <laughs> random. Oh, that backs. Well, I was number 11. I've always been number 11. In high school, I was 21 because the seniors always took 11. Uh, so I just kind of, and then it became my number, like 21 was my number. And I was like, I'm just going to ride this out. But then as soon as I got to college, I was like, nope, fresh start, my go-to number, hence the 11 yeah. on my Instagram. And it's not for Julian Edelman, like someone asked me before. Yeah. I tell you what, 21 <laughs> is one of those numbers that, yo, you can't just give 21 to anybody. You can't be no scrub wearing number 21. I was not a scrub. Yeah, no, of course. I'm talking about like football <laughs> not, specifically. Yeah. You gotta, I'm just saying. Yeah, you, you have got, to be you got to be a baller to wear 21. Yeah. Is that in general or is that at Oklahoma State? No, that's in general. Well, first of all, no, yeah, nobody wears. Well, yeah, no one wears at Oklahoma State. But in general, like you can't be no scrub wearing 21. In in the sport of football, that is. What's a scrub number? Ooh, that's a great question. A scrub number. Yeah. 39. Ooh. Yeah, 39's pretty bad. Although I feel bad for anybody wearing Hale. 39, they're just uh Kyle Hale made it look good when we were Kyle did, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh Kyle wasn't any scrub, but I guarantee you if he had his choice, he would not pick 39. Really, anything in the 40s is pretty bad. That's even 40, like 42 is respectable. Day. I'm gonna say that 42 is all right. For yeah, if you play safety, yeah, 42 is okay. Yo, you know, <laughs> speaking of 40s, so in high school. Uh, I had just started watching football, just started watching football. So I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys growing up in Dallas. And Terrence Newman played the same position that I played. Belenikoff winner, or not Belenikoff, uh, Jim Thorpe winner while he was in college. So I remember just thinking to myself, oh, I'm just going to wear Terrence Newman's number. Terrence Newman wore number 41. <laughs> and I remember wanting to request that number. I was like, yo, somebody give me uh, give me number 41. Yeah. And uh, one of our running backs had 41. And now in hindsight, looking at it, I'm like, man, thank God that I didn't get 41. That would have been hey, such a scrub. You would have rocked it. You'd been like, oh, it's like Dirk. And... Yeah, I would have found a way. You would have found a way. But have you, were you always 25? No, no. I was In high school, I had two different numbers. I was 6 and 38. <laughs> 38? Yeah, yeah 38, 38 is not a great number either. No. But I actually chose 38 because of uh, Roy Williams. So Roy Williams, another mm. Dallas Cowboy player, um, went to the other school in Oklahoma that we don't talk about. But he was my favorite safety because I was a big Cowboys fan. And he had just switched his number from 31 to 38 because eight is the number of new beginnings in the Bible. And he was like, yep, 38, new beginnings. I'm re, you know, going to re-transform my career or whatever it is. So, yeah, 38. And, uh, and again, another trash number. <laughs> I don't like numbers in the 30s, really. It's just not. I think 30 is pretty good. Mm. I like 30. It's gotten better over time. I think Steph Curry helped with that. Uh, I think especially Chuba Hubbard. Back. Like when you know? Chuba Hubbard was wearing yeah. 30, it looked it looked Colin pretty Oliver. Good. Yeah. But I just I think I like, don't like the number three. Three is three is solid. Three by no, itself. I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Three is a dope number. I, I mean, you know okay. me. I love I love single digits in general. I don't. I, I mean, I don't know. Like three, I don't. Lo- There's just I don't know. I don't know. It's not. So then, like thirty, like every number within like the thirty to thirty nine has a three in it. 
So it just doesn't, it just, I don't know, doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. I would say the only single digit number that I may not like, like probably my least favorite single digit number is eight. I like eight. I don't know about eight. It's kind of boxy. What about nine? You like nine? Okay. Nine's all right. Well, yeah. I was six afraid of seven. Stop. Because <laughs> seven, eight, nine. <laughs> Yo, we have stuff to actually talk about, huh? Sorry, guys. I will save my dad jokes for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so after we recorded, I think the day after we recorded our last episode, news came out that the Big 12 and NFL were combining for this massive pro day starting in the 2024 season. It's the first ever conference-wide pro day. It will be held at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, which you're not familiar is the Dallas Cowboys team facility how do you guys feel about this new pro day and and with this starting of this massive conference-wide pro day the individual school pro days for the big 12 will be no more so this is in lieu of those it's not both well I think it's a great idea because it puts the big 12 in NFL spotlight like it hasn't before Uh, so I imagine it's going to be on televised on NFL network and It'll probably be an event that the they'll talk about for about a week. You know, they'll break down every position and um, just see how they stack against the competition, who improved their draft stock, all that good stuff. So it's another way to elevate the Big 12 as a conference. Um, and now NFL scouts don't have to worry about which team am I going to go visit. You know, they don't have to choose and weigh their options between which universities they're going to attend. Um so you've got, you know, you're, you've got all 32 teams in one location to be able to, to watch. So maximum exposure for everybody involved. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, and this starts in 2024, right? So this will mm-hmm. be after, like, OU and Texas have already left the conference. Correct. So I heard, I heard that they get – that's like the year that they're transitioning over. So OU and Texas will be there for the first year. I see. Bye. No, bye. But yeah, I'm just like, y'all can figure it out, you know. Bye. Yeah, I'll tell you, can we just <laughs> – can we take a moment to stop and appreciate Brett Yormark for a second? I mean, he's only been the commissioner for seven months, and I'm just so happy that he is being so innovative and progressive in the way that he is pushing the envelope when it comes to this Big 12 and NFL Pro Day, when it comes to signing the TV rights deal, when it comes to you know, what happened with the Big 12 conference uh, tournament in basketball, right? Like the highest grossing tournament that we've ever had. And even now, news coming out about selling data or partnering with somebody to, to, to sell the data the, and the rights. All that it has been since he became the commissioner is an increase in revenue. He's just driving revenue and he is making everybody's lives easier. So when it comes to this thing, yo, I'm a fan. I'm honestly a big fan of this as long as all athletes are able to participate, right? Everybody that's eligible for the draft is able to participate. You get all 32 NFL teams all in one location. It benefits every single one of the athletes. I don't know how it's going to work out logistically. You know, some things need to be figured out there. Who's going to pay for the athletes to travel? Is it going to be the conference? Is it going to be the schools? You know, stuff's going to be worked out, but I just believe in Brett Yormark, to be honest with you. Like, hey, what did we say before? Your mark is your guy. And I am glad that that is the guy leading the charge. It actually makes you wonder, what were all the other commissioners behind him? Before what were they doing? What were we doing? Like so much has happened in this short tenure. I, I think everybody was just trying to kiss up to Texas. 
like so much before <laughs> before uh, your mark got there. And he's a guy who he didn't come from becoming an athletic director into the commissioner position. He came from the business world. He was with Rock Nation. He understands events. He understands entertainment. He understands the whole big picture. And he is bringing that to the Big 12 Conference. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Texas and OU, for that matter, like, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing the reason that this didn't happen in the past is because of teams like OU and Texas. Like, tradition is a great thing for college football in many aspects, but in some aspects, it's holding college football back. Like, they were probably saying, let's not do this because we don't want to break tradition. And I don't know, that's that's probably not a fair not knock on tradition it's uh, that becomes more of pride at, at that point it's like we're not doing this because you know we're OU, we're texas we you know we can host you know we're, we're the ones putting out the talent and the yada 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 so that's probably the reason why i'm i'm guessing that's the reason why this hasn't come to fruition in the past because nfl scouts have had this issue for years now where they they have to decide where they're going to go and you know people they're just going to miss out on yeah. having having whoever there for their pro day so uh, anyway, I like it. Now that they're leaving, now that OU and Texas are leaving, we're seeing all these major changes that are beneficial to the Big 12. Yeah, you know what? I don't think it's because OU and Texas are leaving as much as it is because Brett Yormark has arrived. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> I need to meet this guy and just shake his hand, smell his cologne. I'm just kidding. All right. We don't know, because we don't know if these conversations were being had in years past too you know like could this could have very much just been your mark going to the nfl and being like hey i have a crazy idea let's try this or talking to the the um, athletic directors at each of the schools and i also but it would not shock me if there was a bit of a holdup because of texas and ou saying well we never have issues getting scouts to our facilities so i don't really care whereas a byu cincinnati houston ucf i'm sure scouts not it's not that they don't show up, but if Alabama and UCF are having pro day on the same day, where do you think the scouts are going to go? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to have this where you can see, tw- I definitely think there are benefits to this. My oh, big no concern, Eve, is what you've said before: is who was invited? Because the combine, the combine is invite only, and at pro day. Can any player just show up? Or like at an Oklahoma State pro day next week, can any player who is draft eligible show up? Yeah. So then for this, if every single player who's draft eligible can show up and work out the logistics of that, I mean, obviously it varies from year to year, but that's my biggest question is, is it it going to be a full day event? Is it going to be a two day and overnight event? Like the combine where you have, you break it into a couple days and you have position groups. That's, I mean, obviously you're going to have way less quarterbacks because there's only 12 schools and not every quarterback it's going to be draft eligible, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think you could probably do it. Maybe do you have an offensive day and a defensive day? I well, don't I don't know. To that point, Meg, it's going to be interesting to figure out who the NFL partner is going to be, right? Listen, if they're partnering with – there's going to be an NFL partner that the Big 12 is going to do this with. I don't know if it's going to be league-wide partner, if it's going to be a specific team. It could very well be the Dallas Cowboys. But I would be willing to say – because the combine is going to be leaving Indianapolis soon, and you know they're going to be having that different host cities, I think Jerry Jones might be behind this saying, hey, here's a little trial run NFL to see how the NFL combine would actually work out here in Dallas. 
And we're going to do this with the Big 12 Conference first, just so you all can see, and then we'll, we'll figure everything else out later. That's not crazy. Yeah, I don't know if y'all have been to the Star in Frisco, but it is a great. Yeah, it is phenomenal. Like it would be a a prime area to have the scouting combine with all the hotels nearby, the food places. So, um, yeah, excited for for this to you know potentially be something that springboards the combine coming to the Dallas Fort Worth area. On top of the workouts for the athletes, obviously, and the pro day aspect of this, the the workouts will be closed to the public, but there will also be a fan fest with VIP appearances, fan engagement experiences, and screens broadcasting NFL Network's coverage because there is a deal with NFL Network to cover this. Like Justin said earlier, tons of publicity that way. And it's like you're, you're a part, it's like people who go to the draft or whatever, and they sit outside and they're just cheering. You're just watching names being called, but people love to be a part of these things. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, For the athletes, it will also offer a job fair, non-football career networking opportunities for Big 12 student athletes, not just football, Big 12 student athletes, but then for football student athletes, they'll have a chance to network and meet with Big 12 business advisory board members, and that's beneficial for professional development and career growth. Love it. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, I wonder why they're doing just non-football, and I don't know, maybe it's because all hands are going to be on deck for this event, but that foot, that big 12 football advisory board is a group that I was fortunate to be a part of whenever I was a student at Oklahoma state. It's where I met some of my, you know, great mentors, Ed Stewart, um, to name one of them. But, you know, this is an area where, I mean, gosh, the relationships that you get to build and people who truly, truly want to help student athletes succeed after they're done playing football, there's nothing like it. So that's very, very um, exemplary that they're actually doing this. Well, there's also going to be a lot of players there who don't get drafted or don't get signed. If you have every draft eligible player in the Big 12 at this combine, realistically, maybe they'll make a practice squad, but they might not make a 53-man roster and they could be in a Mm -hmm. practice squad for a year and then that's the end of their career. So I think to have this career fair and set them up with the tools they need for success once their playing days are over, which could be a lot sooner for some than others, I think that that's one of the really big benefits flip side you have the fan fest and the vip experiences and i'm like is this also kind of like a money maker for the big 12 that you're sort of like of course. It, yeah. Well, yeah, it is it is but is it at the expense of that and i don't want to say at the expense of the athletes but like you're taking isn't the whole point of a pro day to be in your own environment with your coaches with the people around you who you where you've been training at this facility like isn't that why guys don't run the 40 or don't go through drills in indy but they do that at their pro day Honestly, if I'm an NFL scout and I'm coming to this event, I'm seeing this as an opportunity to see guys outside of their normal element. Okay. Maybe you still have the same guys that you're familiar with, right? It's your same quarterback throwing to that receiver that he's familiar with, but let's move you out of your element anyway, because whenever you come to our team or whenever you're playing games on the road, you're going to be in a different element then too, right? So just a, a different layer of scouting. Right. And I, I completely understand and I agree. But my point is that a pro day, part of the pro day and part of the reason guys who are invited to the combine don't go through all of the drills is because they want to wait until their pro day when they are in an environment with the receivers that they trust or the quarterback that they trust or the coach that they trust. So by getting rid of the individual school pro days, it does kind of put the athletes at a disadvantage. Whereas if you're in the SEC and you're at your own school's pro day, you're in your element. And this is not 
that. But I agree with you, Eve. I think it's good to be out of your element because in the NFL, you're not going to be receiving a pass from the same quarterback you've been who's been throwing to you the last however many years. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't really know if that's the exact reason, but I think a lot of people would wait to pro day because it gives them that much longer to prepare. It's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I'd be able, be able to shave off another tenth off my forty time if I just trained that much harder for a couple more weeks or whatever the case is. But um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's really a benefit to it. I'd love to, to be able to pick the brains of some of these NFL scouts and be like, whenever you go to, you know, Oklahoma state, Kansas state, Alabama, Iowa state. pro day, anything like that. How much of that really plays into fact, like a, a factor of I'm going to draft this guy at this position now compared to what I saw in the combine or whatever the case is. So, I mean, really it's all what you see on, on film. So I, I don't know. Part of me just thinks like the pro day is kind of like almost like the spring game. Like it doesn't matter that much. It's just part of college football and we just do it just because it's been part of the, what we've been doing forever. Um, but we're starting to see now that uh, we're moving on. We don't need spring games apparently. So, Maybe we don't need pro days either. Hey, I tell you what, it matters a bunch to the guys who are flying under the radar. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, whenever we had Shamil Gary come on an episode and he was talking about how he was able to steal some workouts, right? Hey, the Atlanta Falcons say that they're going to do a workout with Justin Gilbert and he was able to sneak into that workout and they were able to take a look at him as well. I think that's mm -hmm. where it matters the most. But yeah, overall, you know, if you were dog, you were dog. Four years of film already shows that on film. But those guys who are, you know, sneaking in there, that those are the ones who uh, have a lot to benefit. I want to go back to the um, the quarterback stuff from, oh, the, talk about the spring game and it doesn't really matter. But Eve, you made a comment in the very beginning of the show about watching the quarterback battle this spring ball season. Obviously, there is no spring game, so it won't really matter how they play there. Do you think, or do I, both of you think that the starting quarterback – competition will go all the way until week one or do you think that someone could potentially win the job in spring ball and then it's just kind of theirs to lose from here on out uh i think it'll probably go until the end i think it'll probably be in like uh just a just a big secret and we won't know until we see uh them warming up on the field and they're like, Oh, you know, reporters talking about Bowman's over here throwing to the, to the ones and Rangel's throwing to the twos or whatever the case is. So, uh, I think it'll be a secret and it'll be super annoying for all of us that are just like waiting in anticipation. Like I just want to be able to talk about the starting quarterback several weeks before. And really it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's just, uh, for whatever reason, Oklahoma State likes to operate in a secretive manner whenever possible because somehow they think it's an advantage. I'm not sure if there's any uh, proof to that or not, but uh, can't can't change those minds. Yeah, it's really a four-way battle, right? You're talking about Alan Bowman, Gunnar Gundy, Garrett Rangel, Zane Flores. Zane Flores, mm -hmm. right? Flores. Four, right? So I can almost like I feel confident in saying it's not going to be Zane Flores as good as he is because he's a freshman and Gundy really loves his upperclassmen. I 
probably the other three already went out by default. I think it's going to be Alan Bowman, right? And honestly, I believe within the football program, the players and the coaches are going to know that early on. Everybody else on the outside is just going to be, okay, you know, you know, you don't want to give your hand. You don't want to show your hand too early if you're Coach Gundy or anybody on the coaching staff. So, you know, you're just kind of walking around and you're letting them think that this is going to be a competition the entire offseason when, in actuality, Alan Bowman is going to come out on top. Yeah, I mean, and I under, I can understand the the mind game with the media and not letting them know because that's just how Gundy is and that part, you know, it is what it is. Lots of coaches are like that. And I don't, I don't blame them. I think though, for the team, if it were me, I'd want to know who my starting quarterback is or who was usually like most likely to be QB one, because I want to be practicing with them. I don't want to be taking reps from somebody that I'm not going to be catching the ball from. I know injuries happen, things happen, but you want to build that rapport. You want to build that rhythm. That's why you see NFL quarterbacks going out with their receivers now to get that, you know, like yeah. they're out there now throwing around with their receivers to build that rapport, especially the younger quarterbacks where it's like, all right, let's go. Tom Brady would be out there all the time. With Julian Edelman, Gronk, everybody. Mac Jones is out there last year with Kendrick Bourne. And th- th- that's how you build the relationship. So if you don't know until week one, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. hard to get that rapport with your quarterback. They're going to know. Only people that won't know is Central Arkansas. They're going to know, yeah. Well, you don't want to tip your hand to Central Arkansas, all right? They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna mess around and that's exactly hey, right. Get a competitive joke, edge, but Central Michigan, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So you you joke, but upsets happen. They do. Upsets. App State. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're gonna have we're gonna like burn the pod to the ground if we lose to Central Arkansas. I won't even come back. I'll just say it right now. <sighs> I ain't mad at you. Come back to what? To Stillwater? To the show? I'm just going to shut it all down. Shut it all down? I was thinking to... You, your entire believe existence Believe in OK State specifically, but uh, yeah. yeah. You can't lose to Central Arkansas. I don't care if, like, I mean, I don't care if Ollie Gordon's playing quarterback. You can't. You can't lose Central Arkansas. You're too talented. Built up the program too much. Quarterback, you got to run the Wildcat, and that's like what you do. There are no Cinderella stories in college football. (laughs) No. Uh, TCU, I'd argue, was pretty much a Cinderella story. No. Okay. All right. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Well, guys, as we are recording this, there is 20 seconds left in the men's NIT game versus North Texas down to down to 14 and the game is tied at 55. So that might be going into overtime. Obviously those listening will already know what happens, but as we're recording this again, we record on Tuesdays release on Thursdays. So as we're recording, we still don't know. Unfortunately, our women were knocked out by Miami on Saturday in the NCAA tournament. Miami, though, is in the Sweet 16 after defeating number one seed Indiana. So, got to give props props to the U. Uh, 305. You know why they're doing it? It's because they announced that they were getting new facilities. So, now that OK State has announced, we're also making it to the Sweet 16 next year. Just wait on it. Next year will be our year. But softball, still number two in the nation after a weekend sweep. Only two losses. That's like 25, 25 and two, guys. 25 and freaking two. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I think that's good. 
I saw somebody say they try to make a point that if you win the NIT, that should be an automatic bid into the into March Madness the following season. What do y'all think about that? No. Yeah, right. It's a whole no. different team. Exactly. Completely different team. Exactly. Yeah. Like okay. you can't, you can't. There's just so many, so many factors, and no. Yeah, bad argument. This is not uh, Premier League soccer. It is not. But Ted Lasso is back, uh, side note, in case y'all care. It is back. Love Ted Lasso. Watched the first episode with my parents. Speaking of my parents, I took them to their first OK State sporting event this All past right. weekend. Let's go, Robinsons. They were in town. Uh, Pokes won. Cowboys won. They beat Eastern Washington. So I feel like my parents need to go to more events because the Cowboys are undefeated when my parents are in attendance. Oh, yeah. Come to that Central Arkansas game. So, yeah. Did you um, – did, did you show them around Stillwater? Did you take them to Eskimo Joe's? Where, like, where did you go? Where did you take your parents? Where did we go? Okay, so we did, my parents have never been to Eskimo Joe's. Oh. Um, they're not huge, like, cheese fry bar food people, so I Me don't neither. really know if they would enjoy that as people should. Uh, we been went to Granny's because they love Granny's. You guys know Granny's, yeah? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, Granny's is great. Um, and then we went to Zanotti's, the wine bar. Haven't been haven't there. Haven't been there. It's nice. It's a little, I mean, it's is that downtown Stillwater. Yes. It's basically on like the side street. Like if Granny's is on the corner, there's that side street and it's on that side street. Gotcha. So we went there. Um, and yeah, that's that's it. Cooked dinner. We had pizza night on Friday night. So and how you know do where I, I always go when I go to Stillwater? You come to Stillwater? Well, you know, yes, the times <laughs> I do come there. I have to go to the student union. We went there. My dad had to hit up the store. Yeah, yeah, the store for sure. But I'm talking about like food wise. Well, it was also spring break, so things were closed. Gotcha. So not everything, and it's like fast food. So, um, but no, the student union is pretty, pretty legit. Yeah, it's it's just so nostalgic, and the food there is actually like pretty dang decent. Like, there's I forgot, you know, whenever. I was there. There was one restaurant inside the union that cooked homemade meals. I forget what it was called, like ground earth, something earth or rock, red rock. Cat. I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> red rocks are like a bakery. In yeah, town. it wasn't that, but it was just homemade, home cooked meals that were legit. There was one restaurant. What was it? A burger spot? What was it called like Johnny Rockets or something like that? Yes, that's still there. Johnny mm-hmm. Rockets is still there. Of course, yeah. Chick-fil-A is always going to be backed yeah. up or all the lines. There's an acai bowl place, a smoothie bowl place there now. I don't know if that was there when you guys were here. I don't know. But. No, yeah, acai wasn't even as big as it is now. Whenever we were students there. Yeah, but that was that was there. So we did that. And then of course, Ranchers Club. Yes. Can't go wrong with Ranchers Club. Yes. When my parents were here, they basically come here once a year. Yeah, once a year. And when they were here in 2021. We went to Rancher's Club or like the state room and sat outside and got wine and their charcuterie did that. So, yeah. Yeah. I brought a a friend of mine who's from uh, he's from Pittsburgh, lived in Miami. He's an NFL agent. I remember one year he was trying to sign a guy in Stillwater. So he wanted me to tag along with him. We went to Stillwater and he felt like he was in an old Western movie. Like the moment that we touched down, he said he was an old Western movie, took us to the Ranchers Club. And, you know, whenever you're at the Ranchers Club, you just see 
ancillary chandeliers. You see leather chairs. It's like a ranch brain. Like uh, yeah. it's very Western. You know what I mean? And he's like, I am in an old Western movie right now. Like he could not believe it. And then he got the heck up out of there. But um, he actually loved it. And, and he wants to go back. He wants to go back this year. That's how my mom feels about Main Street. She thinks that Main Street in Stillwater is like the cutest little. She's like, this is just middle America, small town, USA, like the, the quintessential Main Street. And I'm like, I'm glad you like it, mom. Like, yeah. you also don't live here. You have way more options back home. But she loves it. She went to the quilt shop. My mom loves to sew. So she had to go get her fabric. But yeah, so that's pretty low-key weekend. But took them to their first sporting event. My dad does yeah. want to come back for a football game. So we'll see if he comes here in the fall. Nice. I love that. That'll be fun. Come check out our new uniforms. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're gonna... looks like uh, we are heading into overtime. Yes. 55-55. Yes. So. Oh, they're going overtime? Yeah. That's honestly why I was talking the whole time. No score updates. Yeah, you guys are trying oh, to no, stall same. Out, I was but... like, how can we kill time to see? But, guys, I don't think we can kill another 20 minutes <laughs> no. of talking about nothing. We've gone on so many tangents from our favorite numbers in sports to what my parents and I did this weekend while they were in town. But, yeah, I don't want to waste anyone. Hey, else. real quick, <laughs> while we're here, can we just give a shout-out to Justice Hill, Oklahoma State, Former Oklahoma State running back Justice Hill gets drafted by the Baltimore Ravens, has a pretty bad knee injury, wasn't able to play. You know, last year he comes back, wasn't his full self, but this year just went and signed a contract, you know, two years. I think it was like $4.6 million or something around that range. Those are the stories that you love to hear. Uh, love the pokes that are in the pros right now, always rooting for them, always following their their career path. So Justice Hill, man, congratulations to you for getting that contract. Uh, hopefully you can go back to the negotiation table after this following season and then, you know, just run it up, run it up even more. Justice, if nice. you're listening, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Justice Hill, uh, what do you guys think about the number 43? <laughs> Bruh, he needs, to, <laughs> he needs to get rid of that expeditiously, <laughs> bro. You know how I feel about oh. the number three. 44 I can deal with. I don't hate 44. Uh, we'll be famous NFL I will say this, though. Justice Hill, man, he is maybe the closest thing that we've had to somebody having Barry Sanders-like moves. I'm not calling him Barry Sanders. Of course not. But some of his ankle-breaking agility that I saw on that football field. Yeah. That was, that's some top-notch stuff. So always been a big fan of all that. Justice, congratulations. Yeah, my favorite. Good luck with favorite. Uh, Todd Munkin as your offensive coordinator now. So, Yeah. My favorite OK State running back of like the last, I don't know, since 2000 to 2000 is uh, Kendall Hunter. Like, to yeah. me, you can't, you can't mess with Kendall Hunter, man. I love watching Spud run. He was, yeah, he was the best. Guys, save this for another episode. We can talk uh -huh. about our favorite position players. And we do need to. We need to. Yeah, we need to start breaking down some true off-season stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Believe in OK State podcast, presented by Bet Online. I appreciate you bearing with us through all of our tangents, but I hoped, hoped you got to know us all a little bit better in this episode. <laughs> Once again, I am Megan Robinson, Justin Saffel. Ifatoba, like, share, subscribe, comment, follow, all of the things. And of course, go pokes. Go pokes. Go pokes. <laughs>